when a person is speaking with you or asking you a question, sometimes you're not listening because you are very busy thinking about how you're going to respond, which interferes with effective communication. The first lesson that we learn is how to listen. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome to the My Future Business Show. My name's Rick Nusky, and do I have somebody very special on the line with me today? But before we jump into that, I'd just like to say thank you so very much for your support of the show. The feedback that we're receiving is wonderful, and it's making all the difference knowing that it's making a difference for you. Now, on today's call, I'm with the wonderful Dr. Janice Hooker-Fortman. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jan. Thank you very much. Yes, Thank you. My pleasure. Now, um, you and I were talking uh, off the call about communications, how there are several different types of um, communication skills. Um, and um, we're going to obviously rely on your expertise and many years in this field. Um, but before we do that, I always like to talk a little bit more, I guess, on the personal side, you know, um, away from the things that you, you do in terms of hobbies. Do you have any hobbies that you like to get involved with? Yes, as a matter of fact, um, I love line dancing. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, um, and, and I enjoy it. It's, it's a great way to exercise. It's a great way to socialize, and uh, I really enjoy it. And I also enjoy reading, um, not so much business books as, as I should, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I like mystery, kind of mystery novels. Fantastic. I love it. So uh, I, I know that you're active with the church. Is that still um, very much a part of your life? Oh, yes, yes. I'm an elder at Pullman Presbyterian Church in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, yes, I, I, I am very active. I'm <laughs> on different boards. I've been the president of the Women's Association and I've held various, various uh, just roles in, yep. in the church. Fantastic. Including singing in the choir. Oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, you know, that's just a wonderful way to express ourselves, isn't it, through singing? Oh, yes, yes. yes. It's very, very communication. Yeah, yeah, communication. Yeah, communication. Yes. 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 And, uh, you know, one of the things I think about when I think of church, I think of the Bible and I think about uh, written communication. That's one form. There's obviously mm -hmm. the uh, active voice and then there's the passive behavioral communication. I'd love for you to, uh, I guess, uh, walk us through that. But before we start talking about that, uh, Dr. Jan, I was wondering if you could share your professional background, uh, background to give a bit of context to today's call. Okay, um, I am a retired school teacher and uh, educational uh, person really mm -hmm. as far as an administrator is concerned and uh, <clears throat> once I retired uh, because communication of course was uh, actually I would say the main <laughs> part mm -hmm. of my past career I started uh, just um, going back to school and I ended up getting my doctorate degree in educational leadership which led me to do a lot of presentations. And um, I'm also an author of two books, two published books. 
And so uh, all of it, all of it involves communication, personal communication, professional communications, and relationships. I, I wonder, I think about education, I think about the very early days as a parent, I think about, um, you know, how uh, we're, I guess, teaching our children to communicate nowadays. And I was just wondering if we could, I guess, start there and um, talk about styles of communication, when communication should start, and um, whether or not technology is, in your opinion, changing the way we communicate with uh, our up-and-coming generations. Well, I'm going to tell you something and your audience something about communication and when it starts. Actually, it starts in vitro. Of course. Communi <laughs> yes. Communication starts between the mom and the dad and the baby in the womb. I did some research and babies in the womb before they are, before they are born are listening and they are responding and so that's when communication really really starts when children are in school it's important to pay attention not only to their verbal communication but their nonverbal communications because you can find out a lot about how a child is receiving information receiving the education just by the way they are verbally communicating, by their eye contact, by their movements, just a lot of things that um, I did. I've done several presentations to teachers to let them know just because a child doesn't raise his hand does not mean that they don't know the answer to the question. Wow. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's all very subtle, very subtle. And as far as styles of communication um, is concerned, we all have different styles of communicating. Some of us are very animated, more verbal. Uh, some of us kind of communicate quietly. Uh, it's different styles of communication. And when you talk about now technology, mm. and, um, now that everything uh, is, is mostly virtual, there's something totally different that goes on. I always say that um, the eyes have it. The eyes have eyes. it. I mean, yes. these eyes. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> like, the eyes are, have it. These are wonderful insights. I know this is going to be a fantastic call because there are just so many different places we could go with this. Um, in my professional background, um, I found it was quite easy for me to connect with people on a very personal level. And But what I found it difficult to do, just using myself as a case study, I guess, was to instruct people to follow a in, uh, instruction in, the, in a workplace. Um, how do people, how do we find out when... Um, we're employing someone, for example, because I know you do a lot of corporate work. Um, how do we know what type of communication style they use? Is there a way to find that out? Actually, what I prefer is not a, a, some kind of a academic or written test, mm -hmm. but just really by talking with them and 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 viewing them and viewing all of the subtle signs. Uh, as I said before, the eye contact, the, uh, the physical movement, the body movement, the, the way they're situated when, if you are interviewing them, uh, just there are all kinds of subtle 
things that you could look for there. Vocal variety. Um, and whether or not they're really coming across as authentic. Yes. And you get that really through a conversation. And not so much an interview, but a conversation. Yes, because I, I remember when I was studying that I had one of my modules at, at uni was to do with effective communication skills. Can we talk mm -hmm. a little bit about, um, I guess, being able to uh, recognize when we're being ineffective when we're communicating in any setting? Listening. Listening is the number one thing as far as communicating. That's the very first thing you talk about when you're talking about effective communication. We have seen, and I think you will agree, that when a person is speaking with you or asking you a question, sometimes you're not listening because you are very busy thinking about how you're going to respond and which interferes with effective communication. So I always say the first lesson that we learn as far as effective communication is how to listen. Another thing that I found as far as effective communication skills um, are concerned is you have to really Think about who you're speaking to as far as cultures are concerned. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You can say something and from your cultural background, it can mean one thing to you. But you, if you're talking, speaking with someone from a different country, from a different culture, might mean something totally different. There are so many aspects to effectively communicating. But as I said, the number one thing is listening. We have to develop our listening skills. I, I heard a saying once, two ears, one mouth, twice as much time for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to take you onto the stage where you are a uh, both a motivational uh, and authentic key keynote speaker, if I can, Dr. Jan. And, and I guess take take a look through your eyes, looking down across the the audience, and what sort of uh, I guess I guess nonverbal cues are you getting from the audience when you're giving a great presentation, as opposed to one that's not gone so well? Well, hopefully you don't see me <laughs> falling asleep. First <laughs> thing, but. I usually start my presentations with a question uh -huh. because, but, but first of all, you know, you have to get to know your audience and, and you got to know who's in the audience and yeah. what kind of audience they have. Yeah. But I like to start off with a question. When you start off with a question, you kind of, you, you kind of get people's attention. <laughs> Hopefully they're sitting up straight and looking at you. And you, you really, when I say the eyes have it, the eyes even have it when you're on a stage, when you're looking out at your audience, because you want them, of course, to be paying attention to you. You want them to be receiving whatever, whatever message that you are trying to put across to them. And you really have to pay attention to 
whether or not they're paying it whether or not they're paying attention to you and usually you can tell by the way they're sitting of course um, if they are paying attention to you their facial expressions sometimes you end up changing the way that you're communicating to your audience because of the facial expressions that you get from them now what's difficult is if it's a large audience and it's dark, you know, the audience <laughs> yep. dark and the light is really on you. Yep. It's, it's hard to, to really feel what's going on with your audience. You can just hope that you're receiving it, that they are receiving it. But then what you do, what I usually do is if, if I'm in a situation like that, I ask questions and I ask for audience participation. So when you get your audience participation, then you know that, okay, I am communicating with them. They're communicating back with me. They're receiving the message, the presentation, whatever. But yeah, it's uh, speaking before an audience. Sometimes it's really the same as speaking with a one-on-one -on -one person. You have a conversation. Absolutely. Um, there is a, a movie, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, oh, where yes. the professor is saying, anyone, anyone, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you see the kids, you know, they're falling asleep. And, you know, so no one really likes a lecture, so to speak, unless there's some feedback that they can give. There's a time and a place for different styles, isn't there? Oh, yes, definitely. definitely. I, I, I sit here and I think to myself, uh, Dr. Jan, um, storytelling comes to mind. It's just popping up in my mind. I, I wonder, is, is that, an, is that a, a relevant way to communicate through stories? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, because that way you really get to know the person, who they are, how far they've traveled to get where they are, you really get a more personal feeling. Everyone, and also, when you're telling your story, it's going to resonate with someone in that audience, if not, hopefully, the majority of the people in the audience. And then when it resonates, when your story resonates with someone, then you know that, they will be seeing you as authentic and not just standing there just spewing out things that <laughs> have you know have no relevance to them or even to you. I think about uh, the word empathy. Now, if you're in a position of, uh, say, a professional um, setting and you have to deliver some news and that person's response to your news is is you know an emotional one, how important is uh, being empathetic? Oh, yes, you, you must have empathy. Uh, it's very important because you want the person who is maybe going through some emotional turmoil, you want them to know that you're actually empathizing or feeling what they are going through or, or what they are saying. That's, oh, that's, that's very important. If you think about it, 
if you're telling someone something that's really emotional uh, and you really need some feedback, you want to know that that person understands what you're talking about or even has been in your shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I think to myself about uh, workplace a lot here because you you do a lot of corporate work and I think mm-hmm. uh, back to a time where you know I used to see people who didn't like um, authority they didn't respond to it well in team mm-hmm. settings and they would do anything to avoid communicating. What are some of the I guess the the techniques that are useful in in working with a person like that? Well, you know what. Uh... You're talking to me <laughs> because <laughs> there was a point in time when authority, oh God, <laughs> you know, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you talk about storytelling and you talk about empathy, I can go back to personal experiences mm-hmm. as far as that. And, I needed someone to really listen to me and try to get to why it was that I felt that I didn't like authority. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what happened with me is that a particular uh, administrator, uh, when, uh, when I was working before before I retired, really sat down and spoke with me and asked me different questions to find out what it was that kept me from really being able to accept uh, an authoritarian mm-hmm. figure or um, and and I said something and for me it was well. Th- this person asked me uh, how I was brought up. It was really like a conversation and I didn't know that this is what she was doing, but it was like a conversation about how I grew up, my family life and all of that. And what came out of it was that when she asked me about my mom, I said, you know, oh yeah, you know, I love my mom, but she's just so controlling. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And and from that, she asked me this one question. She said, do you think that has something to do with the fact that you don't like authority? And I started thinking about it and I thought, you know what? That's right. Um, I'm rebelling. Yes. I'm rebelling. And I'm, re- I'm rebelling here now in this setting. And... So when you talk, start talking about storytelling, mm-hmm. that is a, a really good way of speaking with someone who is in a corporate type situation and finding out what it is. Uh, it's almost like you're playing a psychologist in a sense mm-hmm. uh, and finding out what it is because it's usually something with the background, their background, something that's within them. I, I think to myself uh, when you when you're saying these things about um, if you have somebody somebody like that and they're rebelling, um, you know I think empowerment, I think giving more responsibility, more ownership of a process. Are these some of the I guess the techniques that you would 
suggest that um, people use? Oh, yes, definitely. Giving a person more ownership um, and, as you said, responsibility. And also making sure that whatever it is that they're attempting or whatever it is that they're doing, you know, give them positive feedback. Oh, yes. And, and, and also, you can give constructive criticism, you know. So it's, it's very important to, to make the person feel that they are viable in the in the in the company that they are contributing uh, you really have to build if you feel that that person in your company or your your corporation or or your your business is a viable part of your business you have to make them feel that way you yeah. you have to you know uh but i know sometimes it, depending on what uh type of leader that you are a lot of times it might not be the the employee so to speak mm -hmm. it might be the leader oh, yeah. because the, yes because the leader can't let go of of their uh they can't give anyone else responsibility they have to keep it all to themselves so it's 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 not always I would say the employee, it, sometimes it's just, it's the leader. Thank you so very much for sharing this wonderful insight. I wonder if we shift a little bit uh, and start talking about um, behaviour in social settings, more so to do with our a non-verbal communication. Um, what are some of the things we can do? Because there seems to be uh, times where we should... Um, you know, face somebody when we're talking to them and other times uh, people will notice that they cross their hands and, and, and effectively try to avoid conversations. What, what are some of the things we can do in a social setting um, to improve our communications? In a social setting? Mm. Well, it depends on, you, you know, I'll, I'll say this. As far, there are some people who are thrust into a social setting that they don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can look at their body language and you can tell if this person really is a very open type person or it's a person that's really uh, maybe self-absorbed or just doesn't want to be there. But what you can do, you can look at the way if they're sitting, mm -hmm. you can see whether or not their arms are folded. You know, if their arms are folded and, and crossed, yep. yes, like that, then they're closed. They really don't want to accept anything or communicate. As far as crossing their legs, it depends. Mm -hmm. uh, with it, dep it's a difference with men and women. Yeah, uh, because a woman can cross her legs because it's comfortable for. Her. Yeah. Uh, but then you, you have to really check. It's not just the crossing of the legs, it's the whole body. Yep. If it's the crossing of the legs, but the hands are out and the palms are forward or their hands are, you know, up in the air or whatever, they're very expressive. Then you look at that. So it's, it's really, sometimes it's subtle, uh, when you're speaking with them and you, when I say the eyes have it, 
there are times when just in a microsecond, uh, micro mm -hmm. a look can go across a person's eyes. It's like if you say something to someone and they say, oh, yes, I love that. But in that split second, you see that flash that went past their eyes. Then you know that really they did not. But that's they did not accept what you said. But it's really a way that you really have to practice and study body language. All right. Body language, nonverbal communication is eighty percent of communication. As you're so, as you're as you're uh, saying yes. this, this yes. is something that pops up in my mind. Um, I'm I'm looking at a person as a bit of a case study here. Then they're, they're not very good at uh, at reading signs. They they don't necessarily they're not necessarily good at uh, trusting their own intuition. Is this something that can be learned for those who struggle oh, yeah. with this? Oh yes, oh yes. You you can you can uh, learn that. <laughs> I learned it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I learned it. Uh, I learned it through courses that I took. I learned it through uh, effective communication coach before I became a coach. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I do train people to do: to watch the signs, to watch for nonverbal communication rather than verbal communication you can learn a lot but it, it takes practice it does yeah. this, is, this, this is a wonderful call there's just so much on here as there is on your website there's a lot of uh, information on there and i um, obviously see at least two books that you've written i have a very special place in my heart for authors did you find writing a book um, came naturally to you yes because I love to write. <laughs> I've always liked to write. The first book was really easy, and that's the little book of Big Behavior Interventions. And I wrote that when I was still teaching um, in a classroom. And I taught special education students, students with behavior issues and learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. And what I saw that there were 10, there were 10 common misbehaviors of students and uh, so, and, and there were all these, all this research about what you should do, but there was some basic common interventions. So that book was easy to write. Um, the, the second book was a little bit more difficult. And that's the book that I say, that's my passion book. Uh, it's entitled The Secrets to How Not to throw mama from the train. It's a great name. And that's partially a memoir and partially a self-help book because I was going through that journey with my mother as we got older and our relationship was just going down the tubes. And I couldn't understand what was going on with my relationship. And I found out that quite a few women actually a large majority of adult females have less than i would say a loving relationship with their moms mm -hmm. and so that book it was it was difficult to write it was also cathartic and um from time to time mm -hmm. i'd have to go back to the book and read it myself <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but um, yeah, but it has helped a lot of women to understand that 
that dynamic, complicated uh, relationship uh, with between mothers and daughters. It's very therapeutic to put uh, pen to paper, isn't it? To get that get get it out there. Oh yes, oh yes. It, it, as I said, it was cathartic. It was it was yeah yeah. I needed the book myself as much as you as much as people need to read it so yes. uh, when people go to your website i can see that there's there's obviously coaching for people who want to develop their communication skills be it whatever style communication they choose to uh, excel at but you also um are doing some speaking um so what what will they see when they get there and and what other services are you offering well uh, i recently started a TV show. It's called Relationship Matters, and it's on E360 TV. And with this particular show, I talk about all kinds of relationships, personal relationships, professional relationships, relationships with your body, mm-hmm. relationship with inanimate objects, because everything surrounding humans has to do with relationships. And I bring different experts on to inform my audience, to motivate my audience, to inspire my audience. So, and that's something that I'm doing now. It comes on every other Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time on E360 TV. I also do relationship coaching where I speak with women, especially Mm -hmm. about the way that they communicate professionally and personally, especially, and and when you talk about storytelling and being empathetic with people, I talk to women who are professional or in corporate America, Mm -hmm. because there was a time when I would be communicating and no one was receiving it. When I would come up with big ideas or great ideas, and no one would receive it. But 10 minutes later, someone else would say it differently. And it was, oh, God, this Funny is great. Funny yes. And, and so what was it about the way that I was communicating that was not getting across the ideas in corporate settings and, and in my professional relationships? And so now what I do is I coach women who really want to improve their communication skills in order to improve their relationships. And I know that uh, for everybody who's on the show today, if you're looking to get your hands on these books, uh, you can certainly find them on your website. And with that, Dr. Jen, um, where are people actually going to go to find you? They can find me at www.drjanisspeaks.com. That's D-R. J-A-N-I-C-E speaks.com and my email if they would like to reach me and become a guest on my show or even sponsor my show is Jan for the number four now 125 at gmail.com Thank you very much for sharing Dr. Jan. Everybody is on the And my book's on Amazon. Also on Amazon, yes, there are certainly oh, yes. some links there. I will be making sure, uh, Dr. Jan, to, to put all of the links to uh, this wonderful call uh, to your website. Um, no matter where people find this interview, you will find the links back to Dr. Jan. And this has been just such a wonderful, warm, open conversation. 
The matter of fact is that we've had a wonderful conversation, good communication. Thank you so very much for spending some time Thank with you, me Ruth. on the My Future Business Show today. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.